Do you ever wonder what it's like on the other side of the couch? Do you ever get curious about the conversations therapists have with one another? Or are you a therapist who loves to hear others talk about our work? If the answer is yes to any of these, you're in the right place. This is Therapy Talk, the place where therapists discuss therapy. I'm your host, Rachel Landman. Join me each episode where I invite my colleagues in the field to come discuss the work. Good morning, Carmen. Thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. Well, good morning. Thank you for inviting me to this. I'm very interested and curious of how this will go. Absolutely. Well, we'll dive right into it. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, your educational and your professional background, and what brought you to Human Told? Okay. Well, so my educational background is that a lot of it does come from personal experience in terms of the community I grew up in. A lot of it's a very Hispanic town. And I've noticed a lot of differences in terms of how we handle mental health or conversation. Uh, and I watch a lot of my peers kind of struggle with having that conversation. So I got very curious into psychology and I love arts. So I went to purchase college and I was part of an EOP program and I loved it. I love the diversity there. I love the art there. And I really enjoyed the psychology department, but I wanted to do more. Uh, you know, at the time, there was a lot of struggle with even my own mental health. And it just really propelled me to want to do uh, mental health counseling to help people. I think there was a class that focused on adverse childhood experience. And I started crying in class because I was like, I really want to help people through like, their trauma. Um, so that got me to the idea of I want to be a trauma specialist eventually. And I went into Baruch College. I got my degree from there. And I saw the first name, Douglas Psychotherapy. And I was like, I'm really curious about this. And then the name changed. And I started freaking out. I'm like, where did it go? Um, <laughs> and then I saw the name Human Told. And I was able to get through a career counselor through, I believe, my program at Baruch. And it got me to you. And since then, I got really excited, looked through all the website, looked through everyone's little information like a like a creep. And <laughs> I really, really enjoyed some of the messages and even the focus on POC, LGBT, like all that, because I don't see that on other website. And that really made me very interested in Human Told. Yeah, absolutely. I I very much remember you're a go-getter. We've never worked with uh, mm-hmm. Baruch before. And you're like, can we make this work? <laughs> make this work and so we yes. you know we pulled all the strings or you did pulled all the strings and, and we made it work and thankfully we did and and I'm really glad that um you kind of really pushed us into this direction and, and opened up that avenue that and it's been really wonderful getting to know you for so many years now yeah. um wonderful so is art still something that you incorporate into your practice at times, yes. I feel like it really just depends on the person. Some does a lot of like talking and for those who maybe have a little bit more hard time in touch with like their emotions, for example, uh, we maybe try to incorporate art. And I found that those who are more, uh, say, struggle with emotional expression tend to have an easier time doing art or like to fall into like creative. And I find that to be a much more uh, a pace wise kind of conversation to kind of get them used to that. You know, sometimes I think I have one client to try to draw their emotions because she loves fashion. So, okay, draw your emotions through your fashion. What does anger look like to you? What does sadness, what does happiness, what would that look like in terms of clothes? 
uh, and and this was with a minor I was working with that I still work with to this day, uh, and that really helped her in terms of understanding like what she's feeling. So I do try to, but only if it's like brought up in session or something they may they want to kind of work on. Uh, but outside of that, I do art in general. I have a lot of drawings. I have paintings. I, I have unfinished, but it's fine. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a bit of a combination of using it in practice, yeah. but really only with the people who seem to can be drawn to it. Too. Yes. Which, what is like the main art format that you use in, in some of your treatment? Uh, some of the main art was whether it has to do with like a narrative like, you know, maybe bring a narrative and a lot of it does come with like childhood trauma or complex trauma, things like that to kind of do like maybe storytelling. Um, other time it's like using like, you know, uh, like patterns just to color into like reground yourself just to kind of like distract yourself in a more healthy way than just being focused on like, let's say schoolwork or your job work and then being overly involved in that. Then when you're done, you're like, okay, what do I do with myself now? I'll just go to bed. So just kind of get them regrounded and getting used to some of their feelings. And I sometimes I ask them, can you sit with the feeling you're having while you're coloring these patterns in and see what comes up? Maybe it'll be really bright or maybe it'll be very dull or maybe a mixture of both. We don't know until we actually try. Uh, mm -hmm. I just let them have fun with it for the most part so that it doesn't seem as scary when we sit with our emotion if we have fun and curious about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so a lot of writing and a lot of drawing. Yeah, for the most part. It really depends on the person, though. Yeah, for sure. What do you feel makes you particularly stand out as a therapist? Like, what's your what's your thing as a therapist? I, I think my thing is mainly how I try to understand the person outside of the predicament or outside of the disorder or like the family issue or whatever difficulties that they have. I I tend to want to see how they talk about themselves through these experiences and see how much they feel very defined. And I try to find them through their actual genuine understanding of themselves outside of these circumstances. I think a lot of people are drowning in some of the things that happens in society, like labels or, uh, for example, like sexuality and not knowing and like how social media presented, but how do they present is so different. So they feel very pressured to look a certain type of way or act a way. Um, and I, I like just kind of seeing how they react to these things and working through them and understand, okay, where did this really come from? Did it really came from you? Where did you find this information? And then you find like, oh, I learned it from, let's say, a, a musical or a book or my parents. And I said, okay, well, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be yeah. as you get more older? Uh, and if they're adult, well, I'm already old. I, I, can, I can't get any more older, but some of our human, we're going to keep growing and that's what we do. But it's, it's important to understand who do you want to be outside of what people want you to be. But it's, that's really interesting, that kind of perspective. So you're saying when a client comes in and you ask them, okay, why are you here? And they're like, well, I've been feeling really sad or I really struggle with my sexuality. And mm -hmm. so you look at that a bit closely course but really you then focus on other elements outside of the presenting concern is that kind of how it works yeah for you? yeah it takes time you know we'll both first we'll focus on what they're coming in with trying to manage their symptoms let's say for example I have a client that I've been working since my intern days and they uh had uh pretty bad depression you know withdrawal a lot of stuff a lot of I'm not good enough and so we focus on that presenting problem, trying to work and manage these feelings. And then when they're at a more stable state uh, as they are right now, 
then we start talking where did we learn this how did we get here and understanding a lot of it comes with you know genetics and how they were raised and maybe moving around too much did influence the way their personality was uh shaped and maybe some shame here and there and we talk about how this related to their sexuality to their experience with being their gender and then realizing I don't want this experience I want to be something else and now that the place that we're really understanding they feel much more at ease and a sense of relief knowing that it's not my fault not my fault mm. yeah so your whole treatment is really focused on on insight is that inside and the internal I guess mechanism that is us you know understanding the internal versus the external uh, how much mm-hmm. do we let's say perform versus what do we really want to do uh, mm-hmm. things like that absolutely so some people may say well you know the first thing should be empathy why are you saying the first thing is inside for you like how do you deal with some of that controversy I guess it's terms of you can still provide empathy with the internal by asking, like, you know, it must have been really hard for you to have to endure these things on your own. Uh, I have so many clients that are, let's say, I'm the helper. I have to be the reliable one. I'm like, but what happens when you're not in a good place and you can't even rely on, on let's say, your own emotions? Like, you are so overwhelmed. You know, it must be so exhausting for you. What do you do during these times? So you can still provide empathy for the internal. And I think that's really what brings out their internal actual personality than what they want people to see them as. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being curious, like, why do you do that? Um, mm-hmm. How how does it been working? How does it work for you? Has it been helpful for a very long time or is it hurting you now? And it's okay mm-hmm. to admit it is. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means that's all you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be forever. And we can still use those same tools. We don't have to judge it, criticize it. It could be there. It's kind of like uh, like a blanket, but our blanket has holes and it's winter and we need a new one, but we don't have to get rid of it. It could still be there. It could be your favorite blanket, but we could use it with something else too. Um, yeah. Kind of patching up the holes through other ways of tools without them totally getting rid of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And oftentimes what they think it's a problem is actually not a problem. It's just that they just overuse it. Like being a caring mm-hmm. person. Yeah, it, it's it's not a problem. It's only becomes one when you're you do a people pleaser. You're doing it to the point that your own mental health is now down the drain, and mm-hmm. and it's important to realize that you can still be that, but it's important to you know have a sense of boundaries for yourself with others, taking care of yourself, and making sure that you feel okay at the end of the day, regardless of what the other person may perceive the conversation. For example, yeah. I, I totally hear that. I think that's a really interesting perspective. We hear a lot about therapists providing this safe space, this empathetic space, just being with the patient. But for you, it seems like, no, we're going to understand you. You know, I'm, I'll be empathetic and I'm going to hear you, but also I'm going to help you really understand what is going on that to you really seems pushes progress and, and helps with mental health concerns. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely does help in terms of for those who want to understand them internally. Of course, if they, let's say, for example, they're not really wanting to focus on that internally, they want to focus on the presenting problem and we'll do that always, always. That's the first. That's why they come in. It's more when they're more comfortable, when things are better, when they're like, okay, like we have actual time to do this. So that's usually with some of my trauma work where we can actually reflect and go back and, you know, maybe change some of the negative narrative and figuring out, oh, it really wasn't your fault for why these bad things happen to you and that you're not alone in this, but also you were also just a child during these time. 
how would you know adult understanding when you yourself was a kid and you need adult supervision and they did just didn't provide that um things things like that so so knowledge is is power yes have you had any trouble with clients understanding themselves or wanting to understand what is going on oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> I think I find like depending on maybe it's sometimes their personality, but it really just depends on the the severity of what's going on. For example, I do have a client who has a hard time realizing that, hey, maybe I'm not a sucky person and that maybe the reason why I don't want to reach out for help is because I was constantly criticized by like a parent and it made me feel like I can't do anything. And because I went to a very critical school that was my evidence. This was my proof that, oh, yeah, I truly am a sucky person. But now that I have a promotion, I'm actually not. What do I do with that information? So sometimes they might fight me or sometimes they'll like, oh, over their heads, like, whatever. You're just you're just trying to be nice to me. And then they come back like, wait, yeah, now it makes sense. I see what you're saying. Uh, it's usually after like, let's say, event occur or they just come up with themselves. Um uh, Usually once they kind of confront, I'll do it one more try and then see how they are afterwards. After like a week has passed or two weeks and they're like, I know what you're talking about now. Mm. So um, so what do you feel like are the kind of clients that work really well with you? I think ones who have struggled with like identity, uh, gender, even even with ethnicity and race, things like things like that, who are just kind of who do have presenting problems, let's say symptomatology of like anxiety and depression. Uh, and then finding out that it's because of how they're raised, it's because of some of their experience. So I think, a, ironically, a lot of complex childhood trauma tend to do a lot better in terms of finding that reassurance and understanding on top of, you know, working on what they're presenting with. Absolutely. Well, this was really fascinating to hear and listen to. And I really like this idea of being more goal-oriented and, and focusing on inside because I do think there's a huge benefit to that. Thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me, Carmen. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add at the end? Um, I guess the only thing I probably would add is that sometimes uh, we forget that we are the main character in our own story and that everyone else, although we love the people around us, it's okay to be selfish because selfish doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, taking care of yourself should always be our priority. And for some people, we might change that and that's okay. But don't lose yourself when you're trying to go through your own journey and, and forget that you are the main character and it's okay to just take the time for you to be yourself. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today, Carmen. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.